The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome. I'm Roger Stone. And yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. Uh, this past Monday, I had the opportunity to be interviewed by Tim Poole on his Tim Craft uh, web-based show. Uh, it was a blast. I urge you to go to YouTube and check that out. I think it's also available on Rumble. While you're at it, remember to go to rumble.com slash Roger Stone and Follow us here at, at this show. Uh, the hottest political story uh, in the universe today are the shocking revelations out of Arizona that the Republican state party chairman, Jeff DeWitt, attempted to bribe Carrie Lake uh, into dropping out of politics entirely, but most specifically into not running for the U.S. Senate. Now, Carrie Lake is a good friend of mine. And I have said candidly uh, that she is one of the most dynamic, charismatic uh, communicators that I have met uh, or seen in action since the great Ronald Reagan. Here to help break this and other political topics down, uh, my colleague Troy Smith from Rare.us, where he serves as editor-in-chief, and he joins us in the Stone Zone now. Troy, welcome back to the Stone Zone. Thank you, Roger. Always an honor to be here. Uh, and uh, with the shocking Carrie Lake news, I feel like we have a new, uh, it's like Christmas morning. We got something to unwrap here. Uh, it's really quite extraordinary. I have been uh, overwhelmed by emails and text messages, phone calls from people saying, have you ever seen anything like this before? In other words, is this the norm for behind the scenes politics that people don't see? And my short answer is no, absolutely not. This is something out of a, of, a, of a John Clancy novel. This is not uh, the norm at all. Uh, and um, I haven't had a chance to see uh, any Carrie Lake interviews, but uh, for those who aren't familiar with this story, you'd have to be living under a rock. Let's play this shocking uh, audio. Is there a number at which... I can be bought. <laughs> what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple of years. No. And then go right back to what you're doing. Mm -mm. No. 10 million, 20 million, 30, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country. I think it's disturbing that they would even, that anybody would think this is. I, I, no, to be fair, even me, even me, I'll say this. I want a fresh face right now for the reason that I've never seen anyone. I can't think of a single person in a federal race who's lost, ran in one. I can't think of it. If you can think of it, let me know. I am not going to let these people who hate our country tell me not to run. You should call them and tell them to get behind me. So what's going on? What is, uh, I'm assuming this is our friend. 
Oh, this is this is this is back east. They there are very powerful people that want to keep you out. Oh no, they do. But they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So this conversation never happened. This is crazy though. They should want me. I'm a great candidate. People love me. These people are corrupt. Well, maybe you're right. They are right. They are corrupt. Maybe. This is rap. Don't don't go. Do me a favor though. I don't get myself in trouble. This, if you if you if you say no, which is fine. It's your choice. Don't tell people. I They're gonna have try to have me murdered. Saints <laughs> world, man. If that stuff that came out last week is right about the cartel stuff, man. Right, they say the cartel's operating in 50 states right now. Like all 50, you mm-hmm. know? So. So what, what, what's going on? Who is it? What? Forget the who. Let me just tell you what. Let's just say there are people calling around. Saying, gosh, no, they can't repeat this. Anymore. Never repeat this. If you say no, don't. Because they say, I got offered to buy out. Don't talk. Yeah. Don't. Because then we lose our ability to get things done other, in the future. Here's this, my problem. Rather than just say, let's work with her. She's a great candidate. Because they don't own me. And it pisses me off. Yeah, it's not it's about ownership. It's about control. I don't know if it's about control. It's about being on the team. I guess that. You know what I mean? They want to be on the team. They want you to be on their team. But they you know? But if they're pushing a globalist agenda, I can't do that. So what do they want? What do they want me to do? They want you to stay opportunities. <laughs> but, I'll tell you what I can offer you. But, um, I said you can do whatever you want. Talking head, this and that. So, the, the ask of me was, it's kind of funny. So the, the ask I got today from back east was, this is, catch the is there any companies out there or something that could just put her on the payroll and give her to keep her out? And I said, well, what do you want to do? Whatever we need to do. This is about defeating Trump. And I think that's a bad, bad thing for our country. DeSantis is not America first. This is about the final death blow to Trump. And I don't think that's good for our country. It's not good for our country, Jeff. It's not, but at the same time, I'm not even sure Trump can win again. I don't know that he can win again. I think what it really comes down to for a lot of people, it's not really about like control or agenda, it's just about the ability to raise money to win. You know? If you really want to know, all of politics, politics boils down to money, I think. Mm-hmm. And even on their end, like what makes them the most money? I know. These, all these consultants don't want their, their payday to end. And I don't want to make a deal with these kind of people. This is a hill worth dying on. I, I'm not, if they're going to steal the election to make me and our, our movement go away, I'm not letting them do that. I owe it to the people of Arizona or to carry their torch and their voice. Or you don't go away, but you pause. This is the battles right now, Jeff. And you fill your coffers. No, the battle is right now. The battle is right now, and um, we don't have time to, to pause on this battlefield. You're not. 
what you can't scratch their back. It's not afraid of you. Yeah. You don't have anything to offer them. And they're sitting around people that have stuff to offer them. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's a it's a back scratching club. That's all DC is. It's a big mm -hmm. back scratching club. You're in no you're in no position to scratch anybody's back and you've already made it known that if you get there you're not gonna scratch anybody's back. I don't scratch people's back. You know, I was I've been on the outs with a lot of people for a long time because I don't scratch backs. Mm -hmm. You know. Where are we in two years? If they steal the election again. Listen to what you're saying. Why don't we do something about it? So that we the people can pick our What can we do? I'm not willing to accept that. And I'm gonna be the biggest pain in these people's Go back and tell them that. I'm running, and I'm going to be the biggest pain in their I, And I'm willing to tell them that. And they're going to have to kill me to stop me. I know, I know, look. And, and you don't have to tell That was uh, the full audio of a recording between uh, current U.S. Senate candidate Carrie Lake uh, and former Arizona Republican State Party Chairman Jeff DeWitt. We played the entire audio because I did not want someone later to come back and say, oh, it was, you only played excerpts, it was out of context. Uh, DeWitt has uh, resigned uh, in this uh, scandal. There are so many questions here, I almost don't know where to start. First of all, he implies that he's involved with the cartels. The cartels uh, kill people. There's an implied death threat there. He refers to interests back east. Uh, uh, there's a notice her reaction to say DeSantis is not the right guy. Uh, some big, big money backers uh, out of New York, uh, globalists uh, who do huge business in China, connected to Ron DeSantis. Uh, is she is the number one surrogate in the country for Donald Trump? Uh, that's a, a possibility. Uh, there's the implication that they could hook her up on these very lucrative corporate boards. Uh, I mean, the numbers of questions here are, are really extraordinary, but the whole thing is, is chilling. Uh, and no, folks, this is not the kind of stuff that happens in politics every single day. Troy? Oh, Roger, I think the mention of DeSantis there is something that caught my eye right away. I mean, it's really unbelievable, and it, and it kind of puts light on the whole conversation. Um, first of all, uh, what a woman of integrity Kari Lake is to go through that and, and to say, you know, you, you can kill me. I mean, that's what she says it flat out, and it shows that, you know, in a time where so many people are selling out our country, so many people are going along to get along, and, and we saw that during the pandemic and so many different instances, uh, this is a woman that's saying, I'm not backing down. It doesn't matter what you try to provide uh, for me. And it also provides a light, I think, for a lot of us into maybe uh, the the kind of backdoor stuff that goes on. And I know you said that this is out of a this is out of a spy movie kind of thing, and, and it is pretty much crazy out of the norm. But on a smaller level, this stuff is probably going on a lot more than people would would realize. And and at the same time, uh, Roger, you're looking at uh, the death threats. I mean, this guy should be prosecuted for this. Not only that, but where are the authorities? Uh, we hear so much about the communications of all these Trump people being seized in court and things like that. Let's bring this guy to court. Let's see his communications. Let's see who Jeff was talking to and who he's talking about that's making these kind of death threats. Uh, it seems to me that this is just another piece of the puzzle when we say, okay, the elitists, they can seemingly, seemingly do whatever they want. 
And uh, in this case, it appears they were actually threatening to kill Kari Lake and she had the balls to stand up to them. So good for her. But at the same time, we need to see some kind of action on this, Roger. These people are criminals if they're threatening people's lives in back channels like this. I would note uh, that Arizona is one of the states where it is legal to tape record a conversation with somebody if one party is aware, the person who's taping it. It is not a two-party state, uh, as Florida is. Uh, I've seen nobody in Congress call for an FBI investigation uh, into this, uh, but it is clearly uh, uh, chilling, to, to say the absolute least. Uh, I want to know who back east he's referring to. He actually says that uh, if he goes public, that he might be killed. Uh, this is really, really shocking stuff, right? I completely understand it. Carrie Lake is a rock star. I mean, she is the single most charismatic, uh, talented communicator I've seen since I worked for Ronald Reagan in three presidential campaigns. I honestly believe uh, that she was cheated out of the governorship. Uh, no, this is not a, a conspiracy theory. The case that she presented in court was rock solid. Uh, there's no question that the tabulators in Maricopa County were programmed to fail. But they were sent a paper ballot that specifically did not fit the tabulator, so they were certain to be rejected. That, in turn, uh, resulted in spoiled ballots, provisional ballots. Many older people waiting in line for hours to vote just went home. Uh, strangely, all this happened in the most Republican precincts of Maricopa. How incredibly convenient. Uh, it is uh, disappointing that no judge has had the courage uh, to rule uh, that we just need a, a new election. There's actually precedent for that in Arizona. Uh, back, I think it was in the 1920s, uh, there was a disputed election uh, for governor of Arizona involving voter fraud. A state judge uh, ordered a new election, and a new election was held. Uh, I hope to catch up with Carrie Lake to ask her uh, about this personally, uh, but it, it really is, it makes a statement about how important she is to the America First movement that they're so desperate to get her out of the picture. They have fooled with the wrong woman. She is clearly, based on all of this, uh, a candidate of enormous integrity. And remember, she's in a three-way Senate race. Uh, she's uh, running against uh, this fellow, Gallegos, who is uh, a left-wing Democrat, open borders, uh, commerce, communist, uh, pardon me, uh, Democrat, uh, and uh, uh, Senator uh, uh, Simona, I think I'm saying that correctly, who's a liberal Democrat who's now seeking re-election uh, as an independent. Uh, so the liberal vote, the establishment vote in the state is split, meaning Carrie Lake, if she raises the necessary funds, has an excellent chance to be the next senator from Arizona, the state that gave us a Barry Goldwater, the state that really began the modern conservative movement in America today. Well, exactly, Roger. And I think those people kind of stepping in and saying, okay, well, uh, please step away, please step away. And that shows that even though they have all these cards stacked against, and and, and really, like we see with Kari Lake, I mean, the, the people stacked against Donald Trump, whether it be the no labels, the RFKs, that kind of thing, it's happening on a smaller scale in Arizona. They are setting up the deck so that they can try to beat Kari Lake, and it's going to take all these independent voters, it's going to take all the Democrats and some of the Republicans too. 
Um, and, and even with all the King's horses, all the King's men there, Roger, they're still begging her to drop out of the race. It shows uh, kind of the overall situation we're dealing with with the MAGA movement across the country. I think that this stuff is a lot more potent and a lot more powerful than people want to admit. And uh, because of that, they've stacked the deck against Trump and they stacked the de deck against her and so many others. And now that they're seeing that that's not even going to make a difference, they're, they're pulling out all the stops here. That's what it appears to me. And uh, I think uh, as we're as we're going forward here and we're looking at, at how this is going to shake out, Roger, could you give us a prediction on how you think things are going to shake out there right now? I mean, it seems like there are so many things stacked against her in Arizona. It's going to be surely difficult for her to win. Uh, I think, uh, in all honesty, if she gets a fair, uh, honest, transparent election, she will win uh, by a comfortable margin. Uh, she needs to raise the money. Running for the U.S. Senate is an extraordinarily expensive exercise although her fundraising is going extraordinarily well. Uh, you actually provided the perfect segue into the next thing I want to talk about, and that is the entire no labels effort. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with it, uh, no labels uh, is uh, a group of uh, former Republicans and Democrats working together to get uh, essentially a third choice on the ballot. Uh, this, uh, there may be a fourth choice, we still don't know whether Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going to be able to qualify to get on the ballot in enough states to theoretically reach 270 electoral votes. As I have said uh, on this show, uh, the process of getting on the ballot is an extremely arcane, expensive, convoluted, and difficult one. That's because the ballot access rules uh, in all 50 states are written by Republicans and Democrats working together to eliminate the competition. You don't just walk into a state board of elections, sign a form, pay 100 bucks, and you're on the ballot. There are some small states where the process is fairly simple, but in the large states, particularly in the swing states, uh, it usually cause, calls for tens of thousands of valid voter signatures, a certain number of signatures distributed in a specifically required number of congressional districts. Uh, those uh, signatures are subject to challenge. Uh, the Republicans or the Democrats or both often challenge them in court. There are actually law firms that just specialize in New York State, for example, uh, in specifically knocking candidates who challenge the system, whether it's inside the major parties or as an independent uh, or a third party candidate off the ballot. Uh, no labels has, uh, according to them, qualified so far, far in 27 states, I believe it is. Uh, excellent story in The Hill yesterday by Kevin Cirilli uh, that says that they are now openly flirting with Nikki Haley, uh, the chairman uh, of No Labels, a former Connecticut Senator Joe Lieberman, actually an old friend of mine. I preferred him to liberal Republican phony Lowell Weicker, uh, is uh, now uh, the chairman of this group. But the candidates they're talking about, uh, to me, whether it would be Joe Manchin of West Virginia, uh, whether it would be uh, Larry Hogan, uh, who, as we mentioned yesterday, I think his a lot of questions about uh, his personal conduct and his uh, and his business dealings would probably eliminate him as a possibility, uh, or uh, whether they can come up with a viable candidate really remains to be seen. Every candidate that they have discussed that I've seen uh, would draw votes from Joe Biden, and the Democrats are apoplectic 
skeptic about this. Two major donors uh, recently pulled out of no labels, claiming that they had given $150,000 apiece to the effort under false pretenses. Uh, the Democrats are clearly seeking to shut no labels down. Uh, Troy, what's your take on no labels? Well, uh, Roger, coming from Maryland, I know uh, just how much the Democrats love uh, Republicans like Larry Hogan. They love their pets that go on to CNN and go on to MSNBC and trash Republicans. And Larry Hogan throughout his entire you know administration there as the governor of Maryland was bashing Trump on a daily basis, using his platform to attack the people who support Trump and things of that nature. He is um, as bad as it comes, uh, really. And, and and if you compare like his COVID policies and things of that nature to uh, Cuomo or Whitmer, it's really no different. Um, and, and I think you're right in that no labels at this point seems like it's drawing a lot more of the Democrat kind of uh, support or, or support in the idea of people who are kind of like in that Nikki Haley range. And I think that's what this is ultimately going to shake out to be, because, like you said, there's so many questions about Larry Hogan and it's harboring a pedophile and things of that nature. This guy's not going to run for president, not to mention the fact that when they put his name in Republican uh, event polls around the country, he gets less than 1%. And, and that, that goes back a long time. Nobody even knows who Larry Hogan is. So as we go forward here, you're going to see them try to grab onto different candidates. And I think uh, you you posted an article yesterday, I think, uh, is, is, is very, very relevant. It was talking about could no labels pick off Nikki Haley. And Nikki Haley, really, she is advertising, as we've been talking about, Roger, she's going for that same groove of people that aren't really Republicans, that aren't really Democrats, uh, that, that, that hate Trump, that want to move on, you know, that kind of thing. And, and it seems to me that there is a natural fit between Nikki Haley and what the no labels people seem to be seeking. Um, and I would wonder if the Democrats truly are trying to stop no labels, would Nikki Haley move over there and and kind of boost them up with her donors and things like that if if she does, uh, you know, she eventually loses the Republican primary, which I've predicted and you've predicted as well. So I would I think right now, as far as no labels is concerned, if you're going to have a candidate, it's going to be somebody like a Mark Cuban. Uh, a billionaire or something like that that steps in that's well known, or it's going to be a uh, holdover Nikki Haley after she loses the Republican primary. I could easily see that. But I believe there's questions, Roger, about that. That's something that you could probably clarify. Um, there's questions as to uh, Nikki Haley has to be registered Republican to run for president. She can't be registered Republican and run as an independent for president. Could she do that? Yeah, actually, I think you could do that. The legal impediment is okay. different. Many, many states have what is called a sore loser law. That means if you ran in a state primary for a, an office, you can't then, having not won that nomination, run in the general election for that same office. Now, uh, a spokesman yesterday for, uh, for No Labels said, while that may be applicable to presidential candidates, it's not clear that it is applicable to vice presidential candidates. That kind of tips you off that they're looking at Nikki Haley as a potential vice presidential candidate for someone, perhaps a Joe Manchin. Uh, but I would think uh, that they are seeking to nominate a, a, a Democrat and a Republican, or a former Democrat and a former Republican, or a current Democrat or, or a current Republican uh, in some bipartisan fashion. But where will they be different from Joe Biden when it comes to the borders? Where will they be different from the Democratic nominee uh, when it comes to further funding and expansion 
uh, of the war in Ukraine? Where will they be different uh, on any of the major issues uh, facing the country? Uh, that's why I think no labels ultimately uh, draws not from the not from Trump, uh, but from the Democrats, which is why uh, the Democrats are so apoplectic. Here, here's a, another issue I want to bring out. Uh, in the House of Representatives, there's a specific body. The acronym is for it is BLAG, B-L-A-G. Uh, it is comprised of three uh, members of the majority and two members of the minority. Uh, and it certifies uh, the legal status of House proceedings uh, when they are used in the courts. Under Nancy Pelosi, uh, this committee was convened, and they certified the January 6th committee report as legitimate. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, they filed that as an amicus brief uh, in Colorado. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the Republican uh, uh, minority leader at that time, filed an amicus brief questioning the legitimacy uh, of the makeup of the January 6th committee. Uh, but the court uh, recognized uh, the majority uh, and recognized the fact that by law, uh, this BLAG uh, committee uh, has the authority to state the legal position uh, of the House. Now, the real question is quite simply, why hasn't Speaker Johnson reconvened this board, which would now have three Republicans and two Democrats, to decertify the legitimacy of the January 6th committee report, given everything we now know about the biased uh, conduct of that, uh, that witch hunt, uh, their use of manipulated uh, data, testimony, uh, perjurous testimony, uh, AI-created images, the destruction of all the records so it can't be re-examined, and of course, all of the questions about what actually happened on January 6th, which we know a lot more about, uh, thanks to the videos that have been uh, publicly released. Uh, it's a simple question. Uh, it's significant because uh, it would undermine this effort to get Donald Trump off the ballot in these various states where they are claiming that he's guilty of insurrection, and they are pointing to the January 6th committee report as their proof. If you de decertify that report, you've just removed uh, a major pillar of their a fake argument as to why Donald Trump should not be on the ballot. Uh, have you uh, read or heard anything about this, Troy? Uh, I, I'm coming, coming into this a little bit uh, new here. And I think uh, overall, you know, we're looking at a situation here in this country where, where Donald Trump is kind of representing exactly the opposite of what the establishment wants to do. And, and, and it seems to me, Roger, that at, at any point, it seems that any establishment kind of just rises up and they can it almost do whatever they want. I talked about this on my own show just the other day about how, you know, it, every time there's a branch of government that gets taken over by legitimate uh, people like like like, you know, uh, we talk about uh, Mike Johnson. You know, he's a lot better than Nancy Pelosi. But every time that happens, they become powerless. And when we're talking about January 6th, um, the evidence is there. We have the evidence in in. in we have the evidence 100%. We have the footage. We have the cops letting people in. We have the fact that the FBI was involved with these people. And let's bring out the evidence. Let's bring out the truth. There's no, to me, there's no explanation as to why this information is not made public unless, unless it's not being released to protect a narrative. And the narrative that they want to hammer home from January 6th, I predict, 
will be heavily uh, influential in the next presidential election. You can best guarantee that the Biden campaign is going to air footage from January 6th and say this is what Trump supporters are, even though it was their own federal agents leading the charge. Um, you know, politically, if you even if you were even if you hated President Trump and you were just a Republican, it politically it makes a lot of sense to to get to the truth of this. Um, and and when you just put politics aside, we deserve to know the truth about this, and we're not being told the truth. It's being obs obscured, and it's a, it's an important question you ask, Roger. Why? And I and I know that you were somebody that kind of uh, we, we you talked a lot about Mike Johnson. So how do you, I mean what is what does this really mean to you? What do you say about how he's treated this January sixth thing? To me, it's a it's a massive red flag. Yeah, I must say that I, I'm disappointed. I mean, I was initially uh, encouraged uh, by the replacement of Kevin McCarthy. He was clearly in the tank for the Uniparty uh, and wasn't keeping any of his commitments uh, that he needed to make in order to get the votes to become speaker. Uh, I praised Matt Gates for his leadership uh, in having the courage to make the motion to vacate the chair. I initially was very pleased with everything I saw and read about Speaker Johnson. He was uh, on the defense team uh, on the Senate floor. He was part of the House delegation defending the president uh, in one of the two uh, impeachments. On the other hand, I continue to read about additional funding for the war in Ukraine, which I think is a bad idea. Uh, we still don't have action uh, in terms of our border. Uh, and despite a runaway justice system, uh, there's no accountability for those who fund the system. So, uh, so far, I, I am disappointed. Here's a very, very simple thing that Speaker Johnson can do that would completely undermine this illicit, illegal effort to bar President Trump from the ballot uh, in various states, uh, and uh, he doesn't do it. it. Now, I understand uh, that Congressman Loudermilk, who's a good man, uh, is pushing for hearings, uh, reopening hearings into January 6th to find out what actually happened. While those would be riveting, that will take a year, uh, and I don't think it can actually be done in time to impact the next uh, election. So uh, this is a story we're going to keep our eye on. Uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, I'm Roger Stone. This is The Stone Zone. I'm here with my colleague, Troy Smith, the editor-at-large at Rare.us. And I want to remind you uh, that our program today uh, and every day is brought to you by the great folks at MyPillow.com. Now, you may say, well, I have enough pillows. Uh, if you think that MyPillow.com is just about pillows, well, then you haven't been to the website. So please go to MyPillow.com. Uh, and when you do go there, use promo code STONE. Now, uh, you can also dial 1-800-544-8939, 1-800-544-8939. And uh, if you kind of go around the website, you'll find that there are some amazing specials right now. I love their men and women's terry cloth bathrobes, for example. That's on a discounted price. Also, the six-piece uh, uh, towel set. Uh, also uh, discounted. The uh, Obviously, as a, uh, a dog lover, I'm a big, big uh, proponent for their MyPillow dog beds. doesn't matter how big or small your pet may be, uh, or whether you have two, as I do. Uh, the dog bed 
allows uh, protects your floors, protects your furniture, allows your dogs to lounge and sleep in absolute luxury. And of course, if you're going for the dog bed, uh, also usable for cats, I might add, you want the MyPillow pet blanket. The MyPillow pet blankets uh, keep uh, your uh, your loved ones, your furry little friends, uh, warm uh, and cozy uh, all the time. Uh, as I often say, Mrs. Stone and I like to crank down the air conditioning. We like to sleep in the cold, uh, and this keeps uh, your pets warm and toasty. So whether it is uh, these great products or the revolutionary MyPillow 2.0, which actually has a built-in cooling system. Uh, this is the first new pillow that Mike Lindell uh, has produced in over 25 years. Uh, I love mine. I, I gave my other my pillows away because I exclusively now use my uh, my revolutionary new my pillow 2.0. Now I'm sure you heard this, uh, but Fox News has joined the cancellation army. Fox News uh, has refused uh, the millions of dollars of advertising that Mike Lindell was doing on their network uh, because uh, they evidently don't like his free speech, uh, pro-election integrity politics. So you can send the folks uh, over at Fox News a message by going to MyPillow.com right now and by using my promo code STONE. You help Mike Lindell. Uh, you help uh, us here at the Stone Zone. You help uh, you help uh, uh, America. Please uh, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STONE and do it right now. Once again, uh, if you're not that internet savvy, well, I'm not sure how you'd be watching this show, but if that is the case, you can dial 1-800-544-8939 uh, and place your order that way. Just remember to use promo code STONE. Thank you, and Mrs. Stone will thank you for it. All right, uh, we're back with Troy Smith, uh, who is the editor-at-large at Rare.us. Uh, the, the cognitive decline of Joe Biden just continues. Uh, I now see why Democrats are increasingly apoplectic, almost hysterical uh, about Joe Biden. Take a look at this video. And by the way, guess what? I love it. I love it. Guess what? That's money saved. Billions of dollars the federal government does not have to pay. Billions and billions of dollars. That's a fact. By the way, how much it cost to make that instrument? The guy invented didn't want to patent it because he wanted it available for everybody. How much it cost to make it? Ten dollars. T-E-N. Package it in every way. Add the, all the costs you could possibly think. Another two dollars, maybe three. And charging four hundred bucks for it? Come on, man. No, I'm serious. Uh, the, the cognitive decline there is really, really shocking. Uh, Hillary Clinton back in the news attacking uh, President Donald Trump for being uh, an election denier. Uh, we have a very special film that will show you who the real election deniers are. Let's roll it. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee and you can have the election stolen from you. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate? <laughs> 
Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put into office because the Russians interfered. Russia interfered with our election, attacked our democracy for the sole purpose of artificially placing someone at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They were successful. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president or elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Our election was hijacked. There was no question. Congress has a duty to hashtag protect our democracy and hashtag follow the facts. John Lewis is completely right. There is a cloud of illegitimacy around the election of Donald Trump. The Russians interfered with his election. James Comey and the FBI interfered with his uh, election. The fake news industry interfered with his election. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. Do you believe Trump is a legitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. Uh, there absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is in question, yes. So that was a very tainted election, and, and in that sense, it's, it's illegitimate. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. Stolen emails. Stolen drone. Stolen drone. Stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. <laughs> he tweeted in February 2018, quote, the more we learn about the 2016 election, the more illegitimate it becomes. America deserves to know whether we have a fake president in the Oval Office. The Russian attempt to have, to have the election, and frankly, the FBI's weighing in on the election, I think make the, make, makes his election illegitimate. There was a widespread understanding that this election was not on the level. We still don't know what really happened, Isaac. I mean, there's just a lot that I think will be revealed, history will discover, but you don't win by three million votes and have all this other shenanigan stuff going on and not come away with an idea like, whoa, something's not right here. Seems to me that there's a cloud of illegitimacy that continues to hang over 1,600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The outcome of the election was affected by their interference, and now we need to know, you know to what degree, uh, if any, the Trump campaign was actually in collusion with, the, uh, with, so with Russia. He knows he's an illegitimate president. So, of course, he's obsessed with me, and I believe that it's a guilty conscience. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. If Al Gore won that election, I think he won it anyway. Actually, I think <laughs> I carried Florida. Al Gore won the election nationwide and also in Florida, but the Supreme Court ruled the other way. Al Gore got more votes, but not enough to stay out of the Supreme Court where President Bush was elected 5-4. Bush versus Gore. A court took away a presidency. If all the votes were counted in Florida, 
Today, our goal would be president today, and George Bush would be back in office. I come from Florida, where you and others participated in what I call the United States coup d'etat. Since 2013, according to reports, Vice President Joe Biden, he claimed that Al Gore was the one who was elected president. And he claimed that the recount result was, quote, a bad decision. And never forget, dear friends, what they did in Florida to Al Gore and me, to all of us, to older Americans, to African Americans, to Haitian Americans, denied the right to vote and have those votes counted. I do believe that the projections were right in the first place at 7 o'clock when they called it for Gore. Let me tell you something, without a doubt, George Bush did not carry Florida, and it was not close. There's no question that you won the state of Florida. Oh, thank you, Charles. No, it's a question. <laughs> That's a we question. Will we will never know because the votes weren't, weren't counted. But, but the, and, and did, in your judgment, I mean, Mr. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. And there is no other way of saying it but be very blunt. Al Gore won the state of Florida in 2000, and we should never forget it. Most Americans, or a great many Americans, don't have confidence that the election of 2000 was fair. But I don't believe we lost. I, I believe we just failed to have all of the votes counted. Yeah, the Supreme yes, Court 2004, elected the president. 2004, yeah. Al Gore won the state of Florida in 2000, although not the presidency. We know we won this election. They know we won this election. And Americans know we won this election. I know some people want you to believe that the Gore campaign was a campaign that wasn't able to complete its mission. We did. Had all of those votes been counted in Florida, um, I think Al Gore would be president today. We had more votes. We won. And we are never going to let the United States Supreme Court choose the president of the United States again. You should know by now, based on the fact that he lost the popular vote by more than a half million voters, and we don't know how many he lost by in Florida. There's no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected president. I rise to object to the fraudulent 25 Florida electoral votes. Really, we won the election in 2000, but they stole the election. I must object because of the overwhelming evidence of official misconduct, delivery fraud, the chair, and an attempt the to chair suppress must remind Enron had already helped the Bush team with such favors as ferrying their rent-a-mob to Florida in 2000 to permanently halt the counting of legally cast ballots. It is signed by myself on behalf of my diverse constituents and the millions of Americans who have been disenfranchised by Florida's inaccurate vote count. The Supreme the, uh, Court, not the people of the United the States, decided this election. Speaking to a Democratic group in Chicago Tuesday, he made it clear he thinks Al Gore was the winner. By the time it was over, our candidate had won the popular vote, and the only way they could win the election was to stop the voting in Florida. Catherine Harris, Jeb Bush, Jim Baker, and the Supreme Court hadn't tampered with the results. Al Gore would be president. I think that the issue before us today uh, is not who won or should have won the 2000 presidential election. That issue has been settled, not to my uh, belief, but it has been settled. Let's just drop the vice. President, President Gore, that's all right. Al Gore should have been President of the United States. Al Gore uh, made it possible for George Bush to be the only appointed president in the history of these United States. Democrats have won the past three presidential elections. In 2000, 
Unions turned out 25% of the vote, and Al Gore won. But the Supreme Court tampered? That's a large start. The Supreme Court stopped the counting of the votes, and if they'd let the count go on, Al Gore would have got the necessary votes. The Supreme Court selected George W. Bush as the president. He was not elected. There is overwhelming evidence that George W. Bush did not win this election. What I observed uh, as a voter, as a citizen of Illinois, uh, four years ago were troubling evidence of the fact that not every vote was being counted. Don't think that George W. Bush won the election uh, in 2000 against our goal because I, th I think that he probably lost Florida and also that nationwide. If you invite me back on this show in about eight weeks, I think you're going to learn that Al Gore actually did get all the votes there. I felt what happened in Florida was a carefully worked out conspiracy. That many things could not go wrong in one, one state without there having been a conspiracy. Uh, and many, many different things did go wrong. Many tricks were pulled of various kinds. The vice president did win, but, uh, and I do believe that the majority of voters that intended to, to go to polls last year wanted to vote and cast their votes for Al Gore. I do believe that in, in, in terms of Florida as well. Uh, so why is this significant? Here's why. Because President Donald Trump uh, is actually charged uh, in a federal indictment for questioning the outcome of an election, as if it is a crime. Now, it's not a crime. All those Democrats did it. None of them were charged uh, with anything. So uh, yet again, it is a statement about the two-tiered justice system in America uh, and the falsification of these charges against Donald Trump, both uh, in Georgia uh, and uh, in D.C. Uh, in the few minutes we have uh, left, uh, I do want to address uh, kind of a post-mortem uh, on the uh, the struggle for the Republican nomination. Donald Trump has won uh, a record-setting victory the Iowa caucuses, tripling the previous high margin. What we saw in New Hampshire, however, was a beta test for the Biden campaign of 2024. The idea here was to flood the Republican primary with non-Republicans, Democrats working for a PAC, a re-registered uh, Democrats as independents to make them legally eligible to vote in the Republican primary. And as we now know, almost half of the votes cast were from non-Republicans. Uh, this also explains, by the way, why the uh, Democrat turnout was so low. And although Joe Biden did win the Democrat contest in a uh, write-in, there weren't many Democrats voting there. That's because they were busy voting uh, in the uh, Republican primary. Uh, Nikki Haley uh, is being used here. She's a pawn of the Uniparty. Uh, she's not in this race to win it. She's in this race to try to damage uh, Donald Trump. Uh, and uh, my fear uh, is that she tries to hang on long past the point that she has any prospect whatsoever uh, to be nominated, either for the purposes of damaging Trump by this constant barrage of well-funded attacks on him. She spent $34 million uh, or uh, is some effort to try to pressure him into taking her on the ticket, which in all honesty, I think could be lethal. Uh, we've got three minutes here. Troy, your final remarks. Give us two minutes. 
Uh, well, Roger, I think that tape says it all. You know, the Democrats want to put Trump in jail, literally, because he's, quote, denying elections. Meanwhile, they've been denying elections for as long as we can remember. In fact, prior to 2020, they were pretty much the only people who denied elections. So uh, the evidence is there, and it, it's just, uh, it shows the clown world we've kind of entered, Roger, where they can kind of get away with anything they want. They can do anything they want, and they can even rewrite history. And we see that a lot. So uh, it's an honor to be back here in the Stone Zone again, and uh, I look forward to tomorrow. All right. I thank my friend and co-host, Troy Smith. Uh, this has been The Stone Zone. I am Roger Stone. Folks, please take a minute to go by MyPillow.com and take advantage of some of the great sales there. Again, when you go there, use promo code STONE. It keeps the lights on here at The Stone Zone, and we are most grateful for your support. Also, be sure to go to rumble.com slash Roger Stone uh, to sign up and follow us so you can see the Stone Zone five days a week. God bless you, my friends, and Godspeed.